available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, two companies conducted an extensive crop tour of Western Canada during the first week of August. Argus Media and Left Field Commodity Research combined resources to stop at more than 40 farms in the three prairie provinces. At more than half the sites, they were able to speak to local producers. The companies produced average yield and production estimates for canola and wheat in Western Canada. Jonathan Drieger, the Vice President of Left Field Commodity Research, will share what they saw on the tour. Crop protection products, specifically pre-harvest glyphosate, are heavily scrutinized domestically and internationally. In recent years, there has been increased attention towards maximum residue limits. Pulse Canada has developed a program to provide free, confidential glyphosate residue testing for farmers and agronomists to ensure the proper application timing of pre-harvest glyphosate for pulse crops. Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Agronomy Manager Sarah Anderson says this is another tool for farmers and she will also share more about the harvest sample program. After the break, Jonathan Drieger. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Jonathan Drieger is the Vice President of Left Field Commodity Research. John, you definitely saw two types of uh, canola crop out there. One that was near normal development and the other one was uh, significantly behind normal. The crop is, is no longer in bloom. It's fairly well along its development stage. In this particular case, the farmer is anticipating uh, maybe roughly an average yield for canola on his particular farm uh, because the, the, the crop was, was reasonably well along and not overly concerned about frost unless the frost was unusually early in his region. In this particular case, the farmer thought that the crops around him maybe were a little bit below average, certainly some crops that he thought would be at, at more substantial risk of frost. But this would be maybe fairly typical of, of some of the fields uh, uh, that we saw in certain areas where crops sort of beyond full bloom and, and fairly well advanced in the development stage. And those later crops are primarily in eastern Saskatchewan, western Manitoba and also parts of Alberta? There is still some bloom in the crop. Uh, This crop was described as being about two weeks late. Uh, So there is some frost risk to this particular crop. And so, again, fairly typical maybe of what we would see uh, of of a number of fields that, uh, again, not as far along a crop that's a little bit late in Western Canada and one where there is some nervousness about what the weather will hold here this fall and and, uh, uh, at what point that first frost becomes an issue. Now, you came up with an average estimate of 41 bushels an acre for canola, which works out to, I understand, 19.6 million tons. So that's pretty much the same as canola production uh, going back a few years to 2017, 18 and 19. But obviously, everyone is concerned about that first hard frost and how that could affect some of those later crops. Just to kind of, again, illustrate a little bit the uh, almost a race against the clock, if you will, from a production perspective. Now, these, of course, are average dates and some years the frost comes sooner. And if that is the case, again, you know, some potentially some significant damage, you know, conversely, if weather is favorable and, and maybe that first significant frost is later than normal, then, then perhaps it's not a concern. 
So it is one of the challenges as we think of the, what the canola crop will be in Western Canada. You know, maybe in a normal year, you might have your yield estimate or your production estimate. And there's maybe, you know, a range of outcomes on either side of that. If you're maybe a little high or a little lower, whatever the case may be. But, but think in terms of somewhat of a maybe a more a reasonably normal bell curve. And I think in this particular year, uh, I think one of the things that we might have is actually a, a downward skew in the range of potential outcomes in the sense that because the portion of this crop is fairly late, it is very possible that there's maybe a, a downward skew in the production outcome if there is that frost event that ends up impacting a, a significant portion of the crop. So that's where, you know, an early frost certainly would have an impact and so something that we'll be watching very very closely here over the coming weeks and month or so. It's interesting that we're going to be seeing crush capacity increase substantially in 2024 and 25 so farmers will be looking to those higher yielding canola varieties? some of the conversations that we certainly had with farmers in our journeys is this uh, realization that we have not seen growth in production uh, and potentially perhaps that changes uh, going forward but at least in terms of the of the last number of years we have not increased yields we've not increased production and yet there's substantial increase in domestic crushing capacity that is forthcoming and uh, wondering how that's all going to unfold here in the years going forward. Now, last year's drought certainly caused a lot of headaches for farmers during the dry conditions, especially when it came to those contracts. So do you find that farmers are being more cautious this year with those contracts? Of course, last year's crop was very, very poor. So that had farmers uh, taking a little bit more of a cautious approach with their sales. Uh, the other part as well is the challenging conditions very early in the growing season, whether it was uh, very, very dry, whether it was delayed planting and excessive moisture. All of those things contributed to farmers taking a much more cautious approach with making sales here for, for the upcoming harvest and, and leaves them much more lightly sold on almost all crops than they would normally be at this point in the season. One of the things that's contributing to their uh, relatively slow pace of sales is that in this particular year, farmers are actually in a pretty good position to store grain. This is due both to substantial investments that have been made to on-farm storage capacity, uh, as well as farmers generally being in a fairly good financial position. As much as last year's crop was poor, prices were extremely high. Uh, there are some other programs, cash advance programs or other ways of accessing credit and resources that farmers actually have the ability to maybe be more lightly sold coming into this season. Jonathan Drager is with Left Field Commodity Research. He was part of a joint effort with Argus Media that conducted an extensive crop tour of Western Canada during the first week of August. After the break, Sarah Anderson with Saskatchewan Pulse Growers talks about the new glyphosate testing program. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Farmers can take advantage of the Harvest Sample Program and a confidential glyphosate testing program. And here to tell us more about both of these programs is Sarah Anderson, the Agronomy Manager for Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. So Sarah, tell us first about the Harvest Sample Program and how it can be of benefit to producers. The Harvest Sample Program is a voluntary program and is led by the Canadian Grain Commission. So it's it's voluntary, open to all Canadian grain producers. And the Canadian Grains Commission, or the CGC, have inspectors that will provide those growers with an unofficial grade and quality results at no charge for each sample that's submitted. 
the process to kind of enroll yourself in this program is pretty straightforward. Um, you can go to, to grainscanada.gc.ca and, and navigate to the Harvest uh, Grain Sample Program from there. And so if you enroll, so I'd encourage anyone to sign up, I think it's open for, for sign up right now, is uh, before your harvest, ideally, um, sometimes some of these apple bags will, will sort of come as things have started if you're a little bit late to the sign up, but the CGC will send you a kit and that includes your harvest sample identification number and postage paid envelope. So uh, again, everything is sort of uh, free of uh, charges as long as you kind of sign up for it. So um, with that, the, the growers will need to fill in the envelopes um, with the representative samples and, and mail them back to the CGC. So there'll be instructions in that kit. And then the samples are assessed by the CGC and they'll email the results to the grower once they're completed. We have, you know, our, our, our buyers will certainly do uh, grain grading for us. So this maybe feels like an extra step, but I, I think there is, you know, some good reasons to to participate on a whole. Again, no cost to sign up. Um, everything is is prepaid for you. It's another assessment, uh, you know, kind of almost a third party unbiased assessment of your grain sample. It is an unofficial grade, um, but uh, going through all the same uh, grain standards and uh, grading recommendations from there. So you'll have a, some early insight on your grains grade and dockage based on the samples that are submitted. You know, I think from a from an overall data perspective, that's where maybe there's some really good things to glean on a whole uh, across the whole program. So that crop quality information is published and based on the analysis of the producer's harvest samples, they're built into reports. And so those reports help marketers promote domestic and international sales of Canadian grain. The samples are also used by the Canadian Grains Commission uh, to establish and evaluate the effectiveness of grading factors and to determine if grain standards need to be changed. So yeah, it's a really useful uh, methodology to be able to submit samples to that program and kind of keep our, our grades, uh, grading factors and grain standards up to par. And then the sample analysis also feeds into future research on grain quality and grain safety issues. Yeah, so so one one sample submission does go a long way and, and would certainly encourage anyone to, uh, to sign up for, for the harvest sample program. Now, producers are very familiar with the Keep It Clean campaign, and now Pulse Canada has created a free and confidential glyphosate testing program. So tell us about what uh, you hope to accomplish by offering this program. This is uh, relatively new and a little bit more focused on a specific issue versus the Harvest Sample program. We're SPG is working with Pulse Canada to facilitate a confidential and free uh, glyphosate residue testing uh, program for farmers and agronomists. So I think that everyone is aware that crop protection products, you know, specifically pre-harvest glyphosate, are heavily scrutinized uh, domestically and internationally. In recent years, there's really been an increased attention towards maximum residue limits or MRLs and the role that they play to indicate proper use of crop protection products, including glyphosate. So Pulse Canada has developed a program to, again, provide that free and confidential glyphosate residue testing for farmers and agronomists, just to, to act as another tool to ensure the proper application timing of pre-harvest glyphosate for pulse crops. If an MRL exceedance is observed, and again, based on previous data, our expectation is that's 
pretty rare. We have growers that are, are making these applications at the right time, right place and right use pattern. Um, but, but Pulse Canada and and as well as uh, SPG can help provide support to ensure that future applications of that pre-harvest glyphosate were applied at the correct application timing, you know, to, invo- to avoid these unacceptable residues in the harvested grain in the future. So for more details, and we are you know, just rolling it out uh, kind of hot off the press right now, but or to sign up, feel free to reach out to the SBG agronomy team, including myself or Megan Reed. Or you can also reach out to Greg Bartley, who's the director of crop protection and crop quality with Pulse Canada. And uh, yeah, we'll be circulating a little bit more information on it as well. So so keep watch for your inboxes for that. Sarah Anderson is the agronomy manager for Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. This is the Agriculture News in Review for the week of August 22, 2022. Wheat markets were lower due to improved Black Sea exports, a larger crop in India, and harvest pressure. Michael Wilton with Mercantile Consulting Venture said even with the drop in prices, there were concerns about rail performance. He said a larger crop in Western Canada also means that there will be a lot of demand for allocation at the elevator. And he said it wouldn't hurt to start having conversations with elevator managers about when you expect to be harvesting and when you need to haul. Saskatchewan's Minister of Immigration and Career Training is hoping Ottawa will reduce some of the restrictions on incoming Ukrainian refugees, preventing them from working in rural Saskatchewan. Jeremy Harrison says all Ukrainian newcomers with a valid work permit are now eligible for the province's job grants and training subsidy funds. The Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities requested refugees be allowed better access to work in rural centres. Harrison also said the federal government has outrageous restrictions in place that prevent Ukrainians from working in rural areas. Western Grains Research Foundation has found its new executive director. Wayne Thompson will replace Garth Patterson when he retires in December after 11 years in the role. Board Chair Dr. Keith Degenhart said they believe Thompson's background and experience in agriculture research and his education make him uniquely suited to serve. Thompson serves as the Executive Director of Saskatchewan Flax Development Commission for the past eight years and President of the Flax Council of Canada for the past two years. He also worked as the Research Program Manager at the Western Grains Research Foundation. SAS Power is again reminding producers to look up and live this harvest season in order to avoid contacting power lines. So far this year, SAS Power has recorded 186 incidents of farm equipment contacting power lines. Company spokesperson Scott McGregor said harvest is an extremely busy time of year and producers are putting in long hours. He said, if you hit a power line, the most important thing is to stay in your vehicle and call the outage center. And if you happen to start a fire, jump as far away from the machine as you can. The Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association has a new CEO. Grant McClellan brings extensive government experience and deep connections to the industry. SCA Chair Arnold Balicki says McClellan will bring strong leadership to the group. McClellan replaces outgoing CEO Ryder Lee, who will be taking over as general manager for the Canadian Cattle Association.
If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarland for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarland, and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.